Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy, and I am a dating and love coach at LastFirstDate.com. Welcome to Last First Date Radio. We are one of the top-rated shows about attracting and sustaining healthy relationships, especially in midlife. Today, I am honored to be speaking with a friend and somebody I respect tremendously. He's a renowned therapist and author, Ken Page, and he's going to be speaking about how your deepest insecurities reveal your greatest gifts and how that insight can lead you to true love. I love Ken's work. He wrote the book, Deeper Dating. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And in my own work as a dating coach for women over 40, I often have women reaching out to me as their last glimmer of hope. They have had very unhealthy relationships their whole lives. They've been attracted to people who have been really um, just heartbreaking. And they've read every book and taken every course and hired other coaches and attended retreats, and they're still struggling with how to find the lasting love that they're seeking. And... I am able to help many of these women because we go deep and we really unravel some of the deeper core issues that some other people may miss. And some of that includes the unhealthy patterns from your past, um, learning how to honor and value all parts of yourself, which Ken is going to talk about today, and even the parts that people told you were too much or not enough because those are really important parts of you. I believe that authentic deep love comes to those who increase their self-love and self-compassion and reveal their true selves. That's how you make a true connection. Every week, I bring you a tip on how to be what I call a woman of value. And, of course, these tips are appropriate for men as well as women, um, but I do coach women mostly. And this week's tip is step number 30, which is adapt a positive mindset. Um, I find that when you change your mindset, you really change how you see the world, how you see dating, how you see love. And it's just super important to have a positive, healthy mindset. Um, so when we work together, we we provide tools to help you see the world through a lens that is positive, that things are happening for you, not to you, um, that you really can learn lessons from everything that happens in life. Um, Okay, so I'm going to introduce Ken in just a moment, but before I do, I want to remind you that if you're not yet a member of my private Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date, and you are a woman over 40, this is a private safe space for women over 40 to talk about healthy dating practices, to celebrate wins, to talk about their struggles, and to get the kind of support that helps move you forward. So you need to apply to get into my group, and I will check out your profile and let you in if you're an appropriate fit. So the it's called Your Last First Date on Facebook. And now for my Fabulous guest, Ken Page. He is a renowned psychotherapist. He's a leading Psychology Today blogger, a HuffPost blogger, and he's the author of the bestseller, Deeper Dating, How to Drop the Games of Seduction and Discover the Power of Intimacy. 
Ken has been featured in O, the Oprah magazine. He's been in the New York Times, Cosmo, Fox News, WPIX TV News, Match.com, Christian Mingle, J. Data Moore. He has led hundreds of workshops on intimacy and spirituality for thousands of participants, and his work has been highly acclaimed by many top thought leaders, including Harville Hendricks and Helen La Kelly Hunt, Ariel Ford, Edward Hollowell, M.D., Judith Orloff, and Catherine Woodward Thomas. Please join me now for episode number 261 with Ken Page on how your deepest insecurities can lead you to true love. Welcome, Ken. Hi, Sandy. I'm so happy to be here, and I love everything you said, and uh, so glad to be on a show that that teaches the kind of messages that that you're describing. Mm, well, I'm honored to have you, and I can't wait to dive in. So let's let's talk about you first, and if you can share your story on how you found the love of your life, I love the story. So mm. um, if you could give a little background and and share that, that would be great. Sure, sure. Um, so I am someone who. I, I called myself chronically single and was for decades. I, in fact, it wasn't until I was in my late 20s that I had a relationship that lasted over six weeks. And then uh, I met my my partner who became my husband um, eight years ago. So I was uh, I was 52 years old when that happened. And uh, it's been it's been quite a journey. And I think that what I learned is. I was humble, and I realized how many mistakes I was making, how many patterns I was enacting in really unhelpful ways. It wasn't that I didn't want love. It was that I kept trying routes to get there that were based on a sense of insecurity, and they didn't work. So my message, you know, also, I'm as, as a gay man growing up in the 60s, kind of so many different self-esteem issues came into play and then kind of coming up in the gay men's world, which, you know, especially in those days, didn't teach particularly wonderful values about how to find lasting love. It was more about how mm-hmm. to find quick sex. Um, All right. I, I, I didn't learn the lessons I need to learn, and um, but I cared so deeply about finding love and went on a journey and got a ton of help, a ton of help, and really came to discover things that turned my world around, the deepest thing that I learned, and the thing that as a psychotherapist who specializes in these issues that, that, that is struck me the most in my 30 years of practice, which is what I want to talk about today, is that our deepest insecurities reveal our greatest gifts. And and here's another way to put this that's really simple and really concrete. And I just encourage everybody who's listening to kind of think about this for yourself. If you ask yourself, what are the parts of yourself that you're the most timid, maybe even ashamed of revealing in your dating life. I don't mean particular experiences you have. I mean parts of your personality that you feel the most tender about revealing, maybe the most hesitant and the most shy, Um, maybe feeling like people won't understand these parts of you or might take advantage of them or um, have never really been appreciated uh, by people you've dated before, so you kind of doubt them. 
Well, the amazing, amazing truth, which just speaks to a profound and benevolent deeper physics of love, is this, that those qualities are your greatest gifts. And instead of hiding those parts, the task is to get to know those parts, to put words on those parts of yourself, to begin to honor them and treasure them and let them light up. And when we do that, and then we make this choice that we're only going to choose people who value and treasure and respect those parts of ourselves, that's when our search for love changes profoundly. And as someone who looked for years to find a partner and was disappointed again and again, and I have to admit, disappointed other people again and again and again, it wasn't until I learned that those parts of myself that were kind of my deepest treasures that I hid, my sensitivity, my vulnerability, my intensity, until I learned that I could honor those parts of myself and lead with them, and that there were amazing men out there who would love those parts of me instead of judge them, until I learned that everything was a failure. And let me tell you, I tried everything. I looked really good, you know, when I was younger. I don't look so bad now, but I mean, I was really buff. I was in perfect shape because I, I, that's what I was told would work. And did it help? Well, maybe for sex, maybe for first dates, but certainly not for last first dates. Those things yeah. did not work. And, and and so that's the kind of profound message that I want to kind of share with listeners. And that is those parts of you that you feel the most tender about revealing, the parts you're worried that people won't know how to honor, are your saviors. They're your greatest gifts, your greatest treasures. And when you can learn to train yourself, and, and my book is a an absolute course within the book for how to do that. When you can train and teach yourself how to name those qualities and treasure them, and then only look for people who get them and appreciate them, that's when your life will change. And that's when my life changed. And I know that as I began to treasure those parts of myself, I began to meet people who valued them and were also attracted to me, and I was attracted to them. It was just kind of a miracle. And I grew and I grew until I met my husband, and uh, who is a, a very, very kind and wonderful, wonderful, generous man. And um, we have a beautiful life together and uh, finally got married after um, seven years together. And just to tell this story really Briefly, briefly, my dad um, was a 90-year-old Holocaust survivor, and he had waited for so long for me to find my partner. And when I met Greg, he was so happy. He said, you finally really found the right person, Ken, and I see it. And he said, um, this is what he said. He said, you guys fit together like an ass on a pail. That was his, I guess, like <laughs> Eastern European, I don't know, whatever kind of Yiddish expression. Um, and we still haven't decided who's the ass and who's the pale. But um, uh, we finally decided to get married. I finally was ready and, you know, decided we were going to do this. We were going to get married. And my dad said he was going to stick around. But he didn't make it. And on April 21st, I got a call from my mom. We got a call from my mom. And she said, we need to begin our vigil. He's going. And we all raced over there. And um, the hospice nurse said, you guys got to get married. This was like his last wish. 
And she said, I know a justice of the peace. Anyway, we all went into high gear. We bought cheap rings. We bought decorations. And um, Greg and I wrote our vows really quickly, and we walked into his bedroom, and all the family had gathered from all over. And we read our vows, and we got married in front of him. And that happened as he passed away. So it was kind of a very, very amazing story of of love on all levels. Wow, it's, it, I still get goosebumps every time I hear you tell that because it, it really mm. is an incredibly beautiful story. And and again, it points to the essence of what's important. It wasn't the big giant wedding. It was the fact that your love was there for each other and that you were able to show up um, and and let your father experience what his wish was for you to be together and to find your true love. Yeah, yeah and to get his blessing, which was just an amazing uh, thing. And, you know, yeah. the culmination of, you know, as so many listeners know, it is hard out there. And um, I tried as hard as anyone for as long as anyone, you know, and I just really came to learn that there is this magic act of discovering those parts of yourself. And when you do, love is finally allowed to enter. And, uh, you know, I'm passionate about that message. And it's a beautiful message and a counterintuitive message that the most tender, the most passionate parts of ourselves, the most, and those are usually how it breaks down. It's usually parts that are super sensitive or parts that are super passionate. As you said, too much, the parts where we feel like we're too much or too little. Within those Mm -hmm. parts of ourselves are our soul. There are treasure. In those parts are where we find the language of our love. And so when we learn to name them and honor them and live from them, life doesn't become easy, but it becomes easier. And the search for love opens up in ways that we probably never, ever would have imagined. Yeah, so here's what I see a lot is that um, people are told by many dating experts to open up, be vulnerable, just get out there and be open, right? So they get right. they're, they're freaked out by this because yes, um, they, they it's like you're you're going to open rip open your heart and expose it again and probably get shut down, get you know get hurt again. And so how can people reveal their deepest insecurities without feeling so exposed? Oh, I love that question. I love the way you asked it. And I also really agree. I really agree because I've worked with a lot of clients who have worked with coaches that have said, just stop it. You know, get out there, do it, which is Mm -hmm. it's a great thing to say, just do it with someone who hasn't been traumatized with someone who's been traumatized. It's it's more complex. And so um, in answer in answer to that question, I just want to kind of describe a biological phenomenon, which is the difference between an endoskeleton and an exoskeleton. So creatures that don't have a spine, an inside skeleton, need to have a suit of armor around them. That's what a lot of you know bugs and creatures like that have. They have like hard armor around them. When we don't have an essential sense of treasuring those parts of ourselves, the 
it's like we're missing our skeleton. It's like we're missing our spine, missing the thing that holds us upright. So we have to develop armor. And the armor is like a kind of more primitive kind of uh, protection. And we do it by not getting out there or by interestingly, and there won't be time to get into this, but we do that. We protect ourselves by choosing people and falling for them who we know somewhere inside will never be able to love us as peers. Um, so that's like the armor. But as we learn to treasure the, these parts of ourselves that are so authentic and so real, as we learn the dignity of saying, my sensitivity is a treasure, my ability to speak truth and expect truth is a treasure. My ability to be generous is a treasure, and I'm not going to have it walked on. When we do that, and when we make this decision that we are only going to pursue, only, only, only relationships with people with whom in some way we feel consistently safe and honored, not perfectly, because ain't nobody perfect, but like essentially consistently treasured and honored those parts of ourselves. Until we make that decision, we're, we're going to be too traumatized. When we make that decision, our trauma begins to melt because we're protecting ourselves finally. And when we mm-hmm. make that decision and we live it, all of a sudden we start noticing the people who didn't come into our, they they weren't as exciting to us. We didn't notice them. They didn't turn us on. They weren't spicy enough. They weren't juicy enough. We start to notice qualities of kindness and decency, and those start looking sexier to us. And Mm -hmm. we begin to become attracted. And like, I don't know how this happens, but in my practice, it's something I have seen again and again. And it's kind of the closest thing to a miracle that I know in this work and that is when we decide to treasure when each one of you decides i'm going to treasure those parts of myself and i'm going to do that by only pursuing relationships with people who also do treasure those parts of me when we do that something weird happens we start meeting people like that i cannot Mm -hmm. tell you how many times clients have come into my office and said i'm meeting kind people And they're attracted Mm -hmm. to me, and I'm attracted to them. Miracle of miracles. And that's when things start changing. So you don't have to rush out into the world of online dating. You don't have to rush out into the world of speed dating. There's a lot that you can do and that you need to do. And working with someone like Sandy can, can help you learn that. Working with me, working, you know, through what I teach in the book, there are all different ways to meet people. Um, but the ground for self-protection is in the dignity of honoring our vulnerability and only choosing people who know how to do that too. That's when everything changes. And I, I kind of offer this as a promise to each one of you. Try this, and your dating life will become different, and it will bring mm-hmm. you joy, and you'll see a change. I love the way you just <laughs> said all of that, especially that last line, the ground for, I don't even remember because you, you said so many nice things. Mm-hmm. Um, the ground for, can you repeat that? If you can remember I don't remember. what you just said. That, that, I guess that the, <laughs> that, that, that the very ground that we're standing on, the ground of our experience begins to change. I don't know if it was something like that. but um, Yeah, but it was that something is related to the dignity of 
you know, and who we choose and to to let into our lives based on how we treasure our own, you know, our own insecurities and the qualities that we treasure that we hadn't treasured before. And I think, you know, what some of the work I do is also in boundary setting and letting yes. people know this doesn't work for me. And it's it's all tied into um, when you really know your core worth, you know your core values, your essence, and you don't give that up for anybody ever again. Um, I think this is where so many people mess up in relationships is they think they have to accommodate somebody else's core needs. Um, and I would say the majority of the work I do is is helping people really start with that foundational basis of, you know, where were you told you were too much of something, um, you know, or too little of something. And it's like today I had a session with someone who said, I don't have that playful side. I don't remember ever being a little girl. And And so when I say to her, you know, be playful on dates. Bring out that playful side. Bring out the more, the less serious, you know, all thoughts-based, you know, conversations that's super serious. And she says, I don't know who that, you know, you're asking me to be something I'm not. And I said, I'm going to challenge you and say that you are that. Somewhere inside she exists and you covered her up and somebody else covered her up and didn't allow that to shine. And, you know, so it's, there are a lot of people who just can't even access. They, you know, it's been so much time and so much damage. Um, so I know you have an exercise, and so if you can, maybe um, that exercise could help people, especially if it's hard for people to come up with these core essence, core qualities. Um, would you Would Absolutely. you share that with us? I would okay. love to. I would love to. And I love this exercise, and I do it pretty much every day. And um, I have my clients uh, do it too, and it's just it's a really wonderful exercise. And here's what it is, is that um, we can't be the person we want to be. Like nobody can jump into being someone who always treasures these parts of themselves and has all these intimacy skills. It's a journey. It's, it's, it's a life journey. And again and again, we get tripped up and learn. And that's a beautiful, wonderful thing. And the quicker we learn, the quicker we regain connection with our worth, the more we kind of stumble through and lift ourselves out of the zillions of little mini and maxi holes that we that we fall into in our in our lives. And that's what it means to be human. Um, so the exercise that I currently find to be the most powerful exercise to help you become the person you're dreaming of becoming is this one. Um, what it is, is, and I'd like you to actually follow me along with this. So I'd like you to picture those parts of yourself that are your kind of your core gift. Like if you could just think like the parts of you maybe that, that you have felt insecure about, that you haven't known how to honor, um, but that somewhere inside you know are valuable, like your sensitivity, your vulnerability, your tender parts, and also your intense parts, the parts that ask a lot of the people around you that give a lot and ask a lot. Um, those kind of fierce parts of you. 
you know, the parts of ourselves that we kind of like, we're just, we could be clumsy in knowing how to hold our tenderness, our vulnerability, and also our power. So now I'd like you to picture, I'm assuming that most of the listeners are women, but so I'm going to say, I'm going to say woman, but for for you guys, like me, you could just think guy. Um, well, I'll just say person. So what I want you to do is just picture kind of a future you, a you that knows how to treasure your tenderness, a you that knows how to hold your power with goodness and decency and fierceness in the world. You don't have to be that you, but just fantasize about what that you would look like, kind of the you on the other side of your inner glass ceiling, like an older, wiser brother or sister version of you, like an, a, a you that has emerged kind of into the you you're meant to be. You don't have to be that person, but just picture that you. What do your eyes look like? How are you standing? What's it like to be in your skin, finally radiating the essence of just who you are, not being perfect, but being um, full, full of your heart, full of your life, full of your soul, full of your humanity? Picture that you who's just so much less afraid to be generous with the world, with your authenticity. Just get a picture of that self. And you don't have to have a perfect picture. You could even get like little tiny moments of glimpses. And now here's the exercise. The exercise is every day, take a few moments, two or three moments, to picture that part of you gently, easily. Don't worry about it. Don't try too hard. Just take a few minutes to just relax, sit comfortably with a notepad or a journal. Picture that part of you and write yourself a little letter of guidance. Whatever, like you just become that self or you picture that self and you think, what would it want to tell me? What would this you know, kind of emergent me, tell me. And every day you're going to get a different message. And every day that message is going to be something from your soul. And believe me, it's going to be more compassionate than the way you almost ever talk to yourself. And it's going to be a message of guidance that's going to help you groom yourself. It's going to groom you for your own greatness. And your only job that day is to remember that lesson, just like you would a daily meditation book. But it's a daily meditation book from your own self who is much more able to love than you. And if you do that every day, you will find yourself changing and becoming day by day more like that person. And that person is the person who's going to be so much more successful and alive in having a rich and loving life. I don't actually write it down. I send myself an email. I use my phone and I just write notes from higher self and I just auto, you know, I just put on my voice recognition and I just talk a message to myself. So I have months and months and months of beautiful, amazing messages. And every day these messages are smarter and wiser and more reassuring than I ever could have thought of on my own. So that's the exercise, and you will just love it. It's like your inner coach giving you personal guidance every day. Hmm. I love it. Um, 
I I am a big believer in in future self or higher self meditations. Um, I do them with my clients as a foundational work. Um, but we don't do this follow-up work, which is to give yourself a message every, every day, day, which right. I think is so beautiful. Oh, and so also good. that we, we're not kind to ourselves when it's just us. I know, um, that's right, that's right. Yeah. So this is great. It's it's oh, really great. coming from that place. Um, yeah, and the meditation that I do, I have people picture themselves five years from now, and um, and they ask themselves some specific questions. And one is like, how? What? What do I need to know to get from where I am to where you are today? And um, it's really asking the wisdom of your future self. And um, and then I I have them come up with a metaphor of like a name that they're called other than their real name. And it it represents the essence of who they are. Um, and it's so fascinating to see what symbol they come up with that represents who their future self is. Yes. Um, so all all of this work is just so it's so deep and it's and it bypasses your your left brain, which is telling you logically this doesn't really make sense and <laughs> here's what's better for you, and that beautiful right brain who um, you know is creative and loving and kind and the uh, the subconscious. Um, that's beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. Um, so what's one thing you want to leave our listeners with, Ken? Well, I guess what I would say is that uh, the messages you get that make you feel desperate, that make you feel like you have to lose that 10 pounds, that make you feel that you have to be irresistible, that you have to flirt better, that you have to be more confident, just take them and dump them. Just dump them into the circular file. They will get you nowhere. No, they will get you somewhere, and that is not a good place. What you want to do is learn to treasure the essence of your being. And that's a different journey. That is not a dating game. It's an intimacy journey. And in my book, in my teachings, in my writings, this is exactly what I teach. And um, I'm actually pretty excited because... uh, in in September, I'm going to be teaching a very kind of wonderful seven-session course through the Shift Network, um, really taking people in a deep way through all these steps. And um, so, for anybody who wants to know more about about you know my work, uh, I would say the best thing to do is to sign up for my mailing list. And you can just go to deeperdating.com. You get a free gift of four insights to transform your search for love, and then you'll be kind of a part of my learning community. And I would say that the work that people like Sandy are doing, the work that I try to do, which helps us kind of shed these messages that are ultimately, you're not good enough. You better fix yourself if you want to find love. And instead, learning kind of the truer, deeper path to love, um, the more you give yourself that gift, the happier you're going to be, and the more you're going to be likely to find the kind of love you're seeking. So that's what I would say in closing. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I will post in the show notes a link to your website and um, all the all the notes I took on today's amazing radio show with you. Um, thank you for sharing this beautiful work with me, with us, with our listeners, um, and with so many people out there who who really benefit from 
the deep, beautiful work that you do. Thank you, Sandy, and thank you for you know your obvious, serious, committed integrity in presenting a path and an approach and a coaching method that is just all about authenticity. Not that many people do that, and and it you know it's something you're doing so beautifully in the world. So thanks so much. I feel honored to be here. Oh, I I'm honored that you said that. Thank you. Um, thanks everybody for listening today, and I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. <laughs>